You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. And remember, our studio line is 0614-104-107. Your tweets at Aldrin Sampia and 086-000-2032 to speak to us. We speak to Sandile Swano, who's a political analyst and governance specialist. Our minister's performance reviews window dressing at all. As the country awaits to hear about the cabinet reshuffle, questions loom large surrounding the performance agreements that the ministers signed. For some ministers, these agreements are up for review this year. The real question is whether these reviews actually hold the ministers accountable given the extent uh, to which uh, service delivery is not taking place. Last week, President Cyril Ramaphosa asked the media to be patient as um, he was still applying his mind on how he will be reshuffling his cabinet to help us unpack some of the governance and party issues at play. We are now joined by Sandila Swana, who is a political analyst and governance, governance specialist. Sandila, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. I want to start off here though uh, before we move over to the performance agreement. What do you make of um, how long the president is taking with regards to the cabinet reshuffle? And we can track it as far back as last year after that resignation of Ayanda Lola. Well, uh, I, I don't think from, from that one of last year we need to be worried too much in the sense that uh, I think there's a generally shared view that the, the cabinet is generally overpopulated. It's just too large for, for this country. So uh, there is a lot of spare parts, you know, maybe it's double the size that it should be in any event. So you can always uh, move portfolios around within the yeah. existing cabinet without adding them. So, so the first one, the one of last year, I, I'm not worried about that. Uh, the one now that comes out of the elective conference and things of that kind, uh, I think the period is still fair. Uh, bear in mind that uh, there's a lot that has happened. Uh, he has just survived uh, an ousting. Uh, not too long ago, he was talking of resigning and he had to be persuaded to go, sit, go back and sit on the chair again. Which he denied. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and now you, you then have new power brokers, in a sense, uh, the people who helped him to win the, the, the Nazareth conference. Uh, I think there was nothing straightforward about winning the Nazareth conference. So he has got to factor that in as to how he consoles those that he must move out of cabinet proper uh, into other lucrative positions that they'll be comfortable with elsewhere, whether it's ambassadorships and other things like that. So, so those are all the considerations uh, that are pertinent to him, pertinent to us, to you and me, uh, it's a straightforward thing. If you are selecting a team, you select a team on performance. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I would just want to quickly go back again to the one uh, with the resignation of Ayanda Lolo. Is that in April it will be a year since that resignation? Uh, I know you you say that it's of no, I guess, real significance. Um, but that is a public service um, administration position. Uh, and all of that happening during a year as uh, the public service uh, servants rather are negotiating salaries and there's no minister there but there's an acting minister so meaning that the minister of labor has been the minister of labor which is a very important portfolio and also the minister of public service and administration in the acting position 
and that has been close to what 10 months sorry nine months yeah in, in this case in this particular case whether we can even say it's even by accident mm-hmm. um, even if we're to say it's by accident the 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 state is an employer the workers of the state are employees the minister that we are referring to i'm talking about the acting minister yeah is a is a well-established trade unionist himself so in this case whether it was by accident they chose a person who has got to have a very good overview of the labor market of South Africa, mm-hmm. uh, looking at the perspective of all employers, the state being just one employer among many, uh, um, and and workers and the workers' issues. So those are issues that he has familiarized himself over more than thirty-five years. Uh, I don't think that uh, Tulas Nesi would be overwhelmed by the issues that, given that that is his area of speciality. Then why do we need the department then? The, 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 your question comes back to what I said earlier, mm-hmm. that in other countries you don't have, in other successful countries, let me add, you don't have this proliferation of departments where a function that could be performed by one department is broken down into minutiae and, and smaller little units and given to, minist- to ministers to look after. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is a mistake in how we've designed our cabinet. And I, unfortunately, I am not convinced that Ramaphosa is going to be able to reduce this cabinet to the extent that is necessary. You know, he needs a cut of about 40 to 50 percent at least to, to, to make a difference in terms of reducing the number of departments and, and uh, the number of cabinet ministers and deputy ministers. Do you think there's a possibility of the public enterprises department um, falling away? From what I'm reading uh, in the newspapers as well, I, I think that the, uh, and and also the shifts in power. Bear in mind that people like uh, Gwede Mandashe are, are extraordinarily powerful now in South Africa. Uh, and if he says, "Cyril, I've done a lot for you. Give me ESCOM. I'm just making an example." Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Cyril would agree to that. Uh, and then. Once that is agreed upon, what stops any other one from asking for their department to go back home? Department for instance, defense. The defense companies need to go to defense. The transport companies go to transport, etc., etc., etc. And um, and and in any case, even if we said we wanted to establish a a wealth fund, a sovereign wealth fund, a sovereign wealth fund is not about investing just in state-owned companies it's it's investing in yielding companies and strategic companies Mm -hmm. inside the country and outside the country so that that argument is not as relevant as all that yeah then looking at the reason and the purpose behind the performance agreements which started with the former president jacob zuma and back then it was it 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 wasn't made public um, President Cyril Ramaphosa decided to make to make them public, um, but making them public have that really yielded any results from the pressure that would come from the public? I think the issue. No, no, it hasn't. Uh, the, the type of transparency that we have is not good enough, because a person can make things public and not actually 
receive public questions and issue public answers. Uh, as an example, if you go to their website, the government website, where they've published the contracts they've signed with ministers, the performance contracts that they've signed with ministers, they don't on the same website uh, attach previous performance contracts and previous results. In other words, the scorecards of those ministers yeah. that we signed up with them for this and they achieved six out of 10 or three out of 10 the previous occasion. Now we've signed this one. Let's see how they do. So now you have to go all over the show trying to discover whether this person ever performed that uh, contract that they signed up. They've published it. It's there on the website. You can get it in a split second, but the actual performance information is not there. Mm -hmm. I wonder then, there's another issue around, and I know this is a matter that has gone to court, um, and that is the prerogative of the president to appoint and dismiss um, members members of, of cabinet. Um, what sort of transparency um, do we actually need from the president around these rationale around who he appoints to those positions? Yes, uh, the, the question is pointed quite nicely. Um, the, 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 the comrades uh, struggle with this issue of, of the prerogative because there's a temptation to think that when you have a prerogative, in other words, it's, it's your right to choose. Uh, but our law also says well, if, no matter which right you exercise in the, in the public sphere, in our administrative law and things like that, there must be a sound rationale. In other words, you must be able at some point to give an independent person, a, a reasonable person, a chance to look at what you've done and say probably a reasonable person would have come to the same conclusion that you've come to. Now, there's a number of difficulties in this whole situation. Most of us, I mean, I, I have in front of me a lot of scorecards that are open, podcasts of ministers. Um, uh, you find a lot of them scoring three out of 10, others are scoring Ds, a lot of them actually. Uh, so the public, if you were to say, let's just publish these things and wait for Ramaphosa to, 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 to choose. So this is how it's supposed to go. Those are being removed. We want to see that they are being removed because their performance has been poor or there are clear health reasons or other substantial issues to remove them. Um, then the ones who are coming in, because they have been existing for some time, wherever they have been, what mm. are their report cards from where they are coming from? Mm. Uh, because uh, we can't take people who have a, a history of failure. I mean, some of the people like Mbalula, for instance, uh, who, who will tell you and they are asked about their CVs and their qualifications, they tell you that they know Peter Mukaba uh, and that at some point they attended an international conference with Tabumbegi. Uh, there is nothing tangible that we can say, this guy can say, this is what I built a clinic in Butsabelo. Uh, I did this over there, I did this over there, and I performed at 90% over there, and so on and so forth. It's not something like that. It's about the positions they've occupied as to what they actually occupied as president of the, or secretary general of the youth league, or president of the youth league. What did you actually do other than occupying the position. Sandy Lesona, thank you so much for your time. Political analyst and also governance specialist.